Chapter 7 of King Mumbo. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. King Mumbo by Paul de Chalieu. Chapter 7 Superstitions of King Mumbo Visits to the house of his idols and his ancestors. A strange meal followed by a strange dance. Poor King Mumbo was, as you will see, extremely superstitious. He was often unhappy on that account. He was thinking almost all the time that some of his relations wanted to bewitch him in order to inherit his wealth, which was composed chiefly of wives and slaves. He wore what he firmly believed to be most potent mondas, charms against witchcraft and evil spirits. He had a little idol, having the shape of a woman, called Makele, which he always carried with him wherever he went. At night, he kept her by his side. He was also a great believer in dreams, for these foretold to him what was to happen and forewarned him of dangers to come. Often after something had taken place, he would say to his people that he had had a dream in which the spirits of his ancestors came to him and told him of what was about to happen. He was most particular about his food. His forbidden food was buffalo meat, and no amount of gifts on my part could have tempted him to eat buffalo. Here and there, throughout the village, were sacred houses, where spirits came to dwell during the night, while others had been built for idols. One day King Mombo and I entered the house of a bamboo, one of the wandering spirits in which they believe. The face of the king showed that he was inspired with deep reverence. A little fire was burning. On one side was a bed for a bamboo to sleep on when he came to visit the village at night. A bamboo is a spirit which can send to men a great deal of evil, said Momo. We have to do a great many things to propitiate his good will. He lives in many places, especially among the skeletons of the dead. He walks through the country, and if he is angry at anyone, he causes him to fall sick, and often condemns him to die. We cook food for him. We give him game, plantain, and sugar cane, which we deposit in the forest. Next, we entered the house where Pangio and his wife Aliha dwelt. Pangio was about two feet high. His tongue was of iron, sharp-pointed, and came out about two inches from his mouth. His eyes were iron, his legs were short, and he had a very big stomach. His body was painted of different colors. Aliha was of the same size. Her eyes were made of pieces of looking glass. She wore enormous earrings of brass, had bracelets of brass, and her ankles 
were adorned with brass rings. She wore a necklace of cowrie shells. King Mumbo stood in awe before the idol. He spoke to Pangeo and told him how much he loved him, and then spoke to Aliha, saying the same to her. After that, we entered the house of Makambi and Abiala. Makambi was a big idol, about three feet high. He wore a feather headdress and held a spear in his hand, which he was ready to throw. His eyes were carved and painted red. Abiala, his wife, held a pistol in her hand, which she had taken from her husband, as Mumbo said to me in a whisper. The king stood before Makambi and Abiala and told them how much he loved them, as he had done to Pangeo and Aliha. You know I love you both, he added in a loud voice. I bring you the products of the hunt and the earth. Take good care of me. What's over me? After leaving the house of Makambi and Abiala, King Mombo returned to his house and I to mine. The head wife of King Mombo was called Ogandaga. She was dressed with three strings of beads around her waist and wore over thirty heavy brass rings on each of her legs. She, it was who cooked the food for the king. Often Mumbo would walk in the street when it was quite dark and talk about me to his people and say how much he loved me. Then he would shout aloud so that all his people could hear. Charlie de Ogizi, I love you. I am your friend. All I have is yours. My slaves are yours, my plantations are yours, my wives are yours, my daughters, my sons, and my nephews are yours. You can say to them, follow me, and they will all follow you. Ugizi, all my people love you. And when the people heard this, they would shout, Jo, Jo, that is so, that is so. Not far from King Mombo's sleeping house and back of it was a strange little building which was called the Alumbi House. Every time I saw the king enter this place, he came out of it with his body painted with ochre of different colors, and his face always looked very thoughtful. When inside I could hear him making loud invocations. One day, he came out more dabbed than I had ever seen him before. His body was covered with white, red, and yellow. I thought he looked savage and awful. My curiosity became very much aroused in regard to the Alumbi house. One day, as King Mombo came out of it, I went up to him and said, King, show me the inside of the Alumbi house. After hearing my words, he looked at me, as if trying to read my thoughts. He remained silent for a little while, and then said, Ogizi, you can go inside and see for yourself, and I will accompany you. He opened the door, we entered, and he shut the door behind us. 
What a strange and unexpected sight met my eyes. Along the walls were large cakes of colored clay. These were black, white, and of different shades of yellow and red. Upon each stood the skull of a man, which seemed to look at me and say, What are you doing in our abode? You do not belong to our race. Mombo marked his body with the ochre of two of the cakes, muttering words I could not understand. Then he said to me in a whisper, The schools you see here are those of my kinsmen. They were great and valiant men in their day. It is the custom in our country when a man much greater than all other men dies to cut his head off after his death and then put it on a cake of clay and let it decay there. Then the mass of ochre is kneaded together and died and the school is always kept on the cake that belongs to it. Oh, Gizzi, these schools belong to great forefathers of mine. They were never afraid of war. Here on the cake of white clay is the school of Olenga Yombi. He died a very old man, and when young he was the greatest warrior of his time. He founded our clan and our tribe. He was the most dreaded by our enemies of all their foes. He burned many villages. His people believed all he said, for he was wise. He had many wives and many slaves, and his Oyana, idol, granted him all he asked. He lived about three hundred rainy seasons ago. At that time, our tribe was much farther inland, towards the country where the sun rises. Then, pointing out to me a cake of a deep yellow color, he said, Ogizi, the skull there is that of John Bwai. He led us through the forest and had many wars, for our ancestors had to fight many tribes who opposed them before coming to this part of the forest where we are now settled. When he had finished telling the history of the men whose schools were before me, he said, Ogizi, the spirits of these men are hovering in the air above us. When I invoke them to protect me and our clan and tribe, they come round us and protect us. They have saved my life many times. Then we left the Lumbi house. That evening, Mumbo walked in the street of the village and invoked the spirits of his ancestors, calling each by name. He invoked especially the spirits of Jambi and of Jumbuai, saying to them, Look at the Ogizi, you never saw him during your lives, but Mumbo, your kinsman, has him in his village. The following day, King Mumbo came to me and said, Ogizi, I want you to eat with me tomorrow. I will have the fattest of my goats killed and some chickens. These will be cooked in fresh palm oil that has just been made. I will, I replied. Then he called Ogandaga, 
his head wife, and said to her, Prepare a meal for tomorrow. Have the fat goat killed and also a few chickens, for the Ogizi and I are going to eat together. When I had accepted the invitation, we separated, the king looking happier than usual. Little did I know what King Mumbo intended to do, and why he had invited me to eat with him, and his reasons for doing so. I will, however, recount to you now what I was told afterwards. The following day, while Ogandaga was cooking our dinner, Mumbo went into the Alumbi house and took in his hands the school of his great ancestor, Olenga Jombi, and said, Olenga Jombi, my great beloved ancestor, see that I make the great Ugizi love me. Then he scraped with a knife a little of the forehead of the skull. The scrapings fell into a small wooden bowl which he had taken with him. He replaced the skull on its own cake of ochre and went to where his wife was cooking and told her to go and fetch a bag that was in his sleeping house. When she had gone, he put the scrapings of the skull of a lengy zombie into the pat, which contained the goat's meat, stirred it with the wooden spoon that was nearby, and went away. After a while, Ogendaga told us that the meal was ready. The bottom of a canoe, put on two mortars, made our table. Baskets on which were large leaves were our plates, and coconuts cut in two were our glasses. Our fingers were to be our forks. According to the custom of the country, Ogendaga tasted of every dish before our eyes, and drank off the water that was in the jack before we did, and then bade us eat and drink. The king and I sat down opposite each other. Then he gave me some of the meat of the goat, which had been served in a wooden dish used for the first time. As soon as he saw that I had eaten all I had on my plate, he seemed overjoyed, for now he was sure I would love him. Then he invoked in a loud voice the spirit of his great ancestor, Olenga Jombi, and called upon him to make me love him. There is a belief amongst the people that after the scraped skull is in the body it turns into the blood of that ancestor, which then becomes part of your own blood. Hence, you must love the person who is a descendant of the man to whom the school belonged. The whole population of the village was present while we were eating, and shouted, Great is Mumbo, the friend of the Gizi! After our meal, the king disappeared and went into the Alumbi house. When he came out, his appearance had quite changed. Now his body was painted in different colors. He was covered with mondas, or charms. He was chewing some of the clay which dyed his lips yellow. Then, taking my two hands, he blew the ochre from his mouth upon them until they were entirely covered with it, and invoked the spirits of his ancestors. 
con B. Ratanon Alenda and Alenda Yombi to be my friends and watch over me. That night there was a great dance. Singing and dancing went on together. At times women danced alone and moved the muscles of their bodies in most ridiculous fashion. The other times men and women danced and sang together. The noise was very great, for there were over twenty tom-toms beating at the same time. End of chapter 7